Using Quapi and Nursing Homes, Part 2. A Conversation with Patty Austin. This discussion features an animated video. To watch the video, find the link in the description of this podcast. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today is our second discussion in our three-part series on using QAPI or QAPI in nursing homes. Last week, we discussed brainstorming. Today, we will be talking about root cause analysis, also referred to as RCA. And next week, we will wrap up this series with a discussion on PDSA, or Plan, Do, Study, Act. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communication specialist with Quality Insights. And now I would like to introduce our guest today, Patty Austin. Patty is a quality improvement specialist at Quality Insights. She has been working in the skilled nursing arena for the past 29 years. After starting her career as a nursing assistant and leaving the front lines as a director of nursing, the variety of perspectives that Patty has enables her to see the big picture that helps nursing facilities create lasting change within their communities. Patty has been with Quality Insights since 2016, and she considers it a privilege to be able to interact with so many different facilities on a variety of topics each day. Patty, welcome, and thank you for joining us again this week. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me again today for part two of our three-part series in which each session focuses on its own overarching theme within the QAPI process. Last week, we did talk about the benefits of brainstorming and how to use that technique to jumpstart your problem-solving process. As we move forward, we should remember that in order to fully integrate a new process into our facilities, a couple of things need to happen first. We can't begin without creating an expectation, and then we have to educate, and finally, we have to have people buy into our new process. We're introducing some tools in this series called Paltoons that will help you to achieve just that, setting the expectation, educating, and then finally creating that buy-in. We did have some really good feedback with last week's introduction of the brainstorming Paltoon, so I'm anxious to show you this week's offering. As we mentioned last week, these Paltoons are not designed exclusively for your staff and root cause analysis isn't a technique that's only viable when used by staff members. Both root cause analysis and the Paltoons themselves are great ways to introduce your residents, families, and other community stakeholders into your problem solving process. Anyone with an interest in improving quality or finding solutions to problems can engage with these concepts and more effectively arrive at truly sustainable solutions. Today, we're going to be moving from our brainstorming session to the next step in our process, root cause analysis. For me, this is the most engaging and fun part of the QAPI process. It's really the foundation on which everything else is built. Without understanding what caused our problem to occur, we're left kind of blindfolded to throw darts at a dartboard. Some of those darts might hit the board and you might even get lucky and hit the bullseye. But really you're blindfolded and handicapped. You'll never be able to reproduce your results without understanding where you're positioned in relationship to the dartboard. Heck, you might not even really be throwing darts at all. 
The technique of using root cause analysis removes the handicap and lets you take off that blindfold so that you can clearly see what you're aiming for and what tools you need to hit your target. So let's take a look at that second Paltoon in our series, Root Cause Analysis. For those of you who are not familiar with the word Paltoon, they are short animated videos that convey a message in a simple format. They are perfect for play in a break room or maybe the lobby. They work really well when they're played um, maybe at the beginning of a meeting to introduce a topic. And they're also a great mechanism to use during your resident and family council meetings to introduce ideas to your population. And as you watch, please consider ways that you might integrate this tool to help your team better understand the power of a good root cause analysis. For those of you that attended last week's session and completed the brainstorming sessions in the intervening week, Consider what it might look like to take your top priority item from your brainstorming list and move it to the next stage, root cause analysis. Kathy, can you play the Paltoon? Sure thing. The administrators at Caring Hearts Nursing Home recently identified that COVID-19 booster rates reported by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services were unexpectedly low among residents. Hmm, it's looking like data tracking or reporting might be a potential reason for our low rates. But why? Maybe we should do a root cause analysis. A root cause analysis, or RCA, is just that an analysis to get to the root of the cause. One RCA technique is called the five whys. Let's use the five whys technique for our root cause analysis. First, define the problem and be specific. Next, select one of the reasons from box one and ask why does this occur? List the reason in box two. Continue this process asking why until you've uncovered the root cause of the problem. Do you have to ask why five times? There's nothing magical about the number five. Sometimes a root cause may be reached after asking why just a few times and sometimes deeper questioning is needed. What if there are no answers or solutions? Then we go back to the drawing board and address a different reason. Let's split this into two teams and give it a try. When doing a root cause analysis, it's important to be specific and stay focused on the problem statement. Let's see what the five whys technique can look like when you're not specific. Let's jump in. Why are the booster rates low? Because CMS said they are. Why did CMS say they are? Because that is what the infection control nurse entered into NHSN. Why did the infection control nurse enter it into NHSN? Because it's part of her job description. Why is it part of her job description? Um, because the director of nursing said so. Why did the director of nursing say so? 
because she didn't want to have to do it herself. Why did she not want to do it herself? Because she just had a baby and is tired. I don't think we're getting to the root cause. This team didn't stay focused on the problem statement, which can lead to odd places. Let's see the other team give it a try. The why questions should be specific and identify the problem. Why are the booster rates that CMS reported low when we believe they should be better? Because the data pooled by NHSN indicates they are. Why would the NHSN data be different than what our internal data tells us? Hmm, maybe it's because we have a new infection control nurse reporting the data. Why would a new person reporting cause the NHSN data and our facility data to be different? Because the new nurse does not understand how to report cumulative booster data to NHSN. Why does the new nurse not understand how to report the data to the NHSN? Because she didn't receive one-on-one -on -one training on how to report data to NHSN. She was just referred to the NHSN website. I think we may have figured out our root cause. What were the results of your root cause analysis exercises? We found that the infection control nurse might have submitted the wrong data to NHSN because she did not receive one-on-one -on -one training. This would explain why CMS reported booster rates lower than we believe they should be. That's a good analysis of the root cause. We'll use the QAPI process to fix the problem and make sure our staff is getting the education they need going forward. Now you understand the root cause analysis step in the QAPI process. When you're ready for next steps, view our third video in this series, which is focused on the process of plan, do, study, act, commonly referred to as PDSA. So, having watched that, you can see that this Paltoon is designed to be consumed in a very short amount of time. It's concise in its message. And it's developed to be easily understood regardless of a person's clinical background. The Paltoon highlighted, and it is important to realize, that root cause analysis actually can take a little bit of practice to do well. The person asking the questions has to be aware of how the question is structured. A misstated question can either lead to causes that are very far from the path that you originally set out on, or conversely, they can lead you to exactly where it is that you think you want to go. And neither instance honors the true spirit of the purpose of this exercise. And that's to find the true root of the problem. In one instance, like we saw on the Paltoon, the person asking the questions is unable to phrase the question in a way that keeps the focus on the problem. Simply asking why to whatever response is given by your partner isn't enough. The person asking the questions has to consider the reply given in context to the original question asked. In the Paltoon, when the staff member answered the question of why did the infection control nurse enter it into NHSN, the response that she was given was because it was part of her job. At that point, the questioner needed to recognize this is a non-productive path and then rephrase the question. Rather than asking why is it part of her job, she might have rescued this root cause analysis with a rephrase of 
Why did the information entered into NHSN by the IC nurse lead to rates lower than we expected? The question in its original format, why did the IC nurse enter it into NHSN, simply is not specific enough. And we're left with two vital pieces of the puzzle missing. Those pieces are the it, what it was entered into NHSN, and then how does that relate to the originally asked question? Without the specificity needed, both the question asker and the person answering the questions are kind of left to flounder. They are indeed blindfolded. So that's kind of one area that requires some practice to become proficient at, learning how to ask good, specific questions. It then leads us right to our next stumbling block, asking a structured question that does not lead to an answer. Regardless of what we might think, we almost always enter into a discussion with a preconceived idea of where we think or hope the discussion will lead. Sometimes we're right and sometimes we're not. This is important to realize when we're completing an RCA from both sides of the process. If the question asker is not careful, they will phrase their questions in a way that steers the response to the exact outcome they're expecting or hoping for. And if the person who's answering the questions jumps right to what they believe to be the correct reply when the first question is asked, the process loses the ability to explore the real cause of the problem. Kathy and I are now going to do a really simple example of what can happen when the questions asked are formed with a specific destination in mind. These questions can unintentionally lead the response to where you hope it gets to. I'm going to be the person asking the questions, and Kathy has been kind enough to agree to play the role of a family member who's helping me to problem solve. Are you ready, Kathy? I'm ready. Okay. Hi, Kathy. Hey, we seem to be replacing your mom's dentures uh, pretty often over the last couple of years. What do you think's happening? I think they might be getting thrown away. Oh, why would they be getting thrown away? Well, she takes them out after dinner, so maybe she forgets where she puts them. Uh, why do you think she forgets where she puts them? I think it's just that she's old and her memory is not what it used to be. Well, you know, really, that's pretty common at her age, and I think we've probably found the problem. It's really hard for people who are old with memory problems to continue to wear their dentures. Maybe we should look at a speech consult and get that diet downgraded so she doesn't have to wear her dentures anymore. So in that scenario, the person asking the question was motivated in the idea that the easiest way to fix this problem is to remove the dentures from the mix and save the cost of replacement dentures. So her questions were designed to lead to a speech consult and a downgraded diet. So. Next, let's take a quick look at what happens if Kathy has already decided she knows what the problem is and enters the process from a closed-minded point of view. Ready, Kathy? I'm ready. Okay. Hi, Kathy. I understand you would like to talk to me about your mom's missing dentures. Let's see if we can figure out why this is happening. It's happening because the nighttime staff are not helping with oral care. Oh, well... Why do you think the night shift wouldn't be helping her with oral care? 
because it makes sense. She has them when we're together for dinner. And then I get a call that they're gone the next morning when she goes to breakfast. Well, why do you think the dentures are fine all day long? And then after dinner, there's a problem. Obviously, it's because you have less nighttime staff. No one is paying attention to what they're doing. Now tell me, when will my mom have new dentures? Okay. So some of you may have heard a scenario very similar to that in your facilities. In this scenario, Kathy was convinced before the process started that the fault was with the staff for not doing their job. She wasn't willing to give consideration to what might be preventing the staff from doing the job in a way that solved the problem. That preconceived idea can lead to not exploring all of the possibilities. So how might that look differently? Kathy, one last time. Okay. Hi, Kathy. Your mom's missing her dentures again. I thought we could try to figure out why this keeps happening. She has them all day long. She eats her dinner and then they're gone before breakfast the next day. What do you think is happening? Note that that question is very specific. I'm not sure, but I know that when she lived with me, she would take her dentures out after dinner every night by herself and she would never use the denture cup. Oh, but she did take her dentures out every night by herself at home. Mm -hmm. Why do you think she wouldn't use that denture cup? I'm not sure why she didn't use the cup. She would just tuck them into a tissue until the next morning. Uh, maybe she's doing the same thing here. And then we're just throwing them away without realizing that that had been her prior routine. Let's talk with the team and see if we can develop a PDSA to see if we found the root of our problem. So in that example, a very specific question led to a very real area to build a plan around. And that leads us right to next week's topic, plan, do, study, act cycles. But for right now, I'm going to turn it back over to Kathy to see if we have any questions in the chat. Thank you. And Patty, there's already one in the chat. Uh, go ahead and take a look at that. So the question is, how can you refocus someone who has a preconceived idea that's derailing the process? The person says, sometimes people are just sure they know the answer and they don't want to look at anything else. And that's, that's actually a great question, and it's really pretty common, especially when you're dealing with people who have an emotional stake in the problem that you're talking about. It can really help if you're able to validate what they're saying to you. Allow the root cause analysis to continue down the very path they would like to see it travel, and then go that extra step and address how you might correct, correct the issue if that truly is the root cause. Then once you travel down that path, your next step might be to talk about how you would correct the issue, further validating that their concerns mean something to you, and then simply ask them to do another root cause analysis to look for a second root of the problem. So like in our denture case, we might say, you know what, Kathy, uh, you're probably right. You might be right. I'm going to do some auditing to make sure that your mom's oral care is being done every night. In the meantime, let's see if we can identify any other areas we might want to take a closer look at. And then at that point, you can just start the whole root cause analysis process again. And hopefully this time around, Kathy's going to be more likely to explore other potential areas as the cause of the problem. 
You might be able to do that right away, or depending on the emotional level involved, you might need to circle back at a later time. What's important to remember is that you don't want to allow a root cause analysis session to become adversarial in any way. Try to keep the focus on a partnership to solve a problem. I hope that helped a little bit. I know it can be a tough situation when things are colored with emotion. I'm going to leave you with another challenge for the upcoming week. If you have not fully integrated RCA into your practice, show your staff our pal tune and start to generate some excitement. Then take some time to have some fun. Practice RCA with your team, your residents. Heck, practice with everyone. As you hone your skills as both a questioner and a response giver, have fun. Those attempts that aren't so successful at first and lead to interesting places are the perfect way to help your team understand that the process isn't going to be perfect. Much like brainstorming, you're not looking for that perfect tied in a bow answer your very first time out. The goal is to generate ideas as to what the true cause of the problem is after the simplicity of those grab-and-go answers is removed, and everyone's preconceived ideas have kind of been taken to that next step. So next week, we're going to take a look at the final episode in our series and look at what happens to our root cause when we arrive at it. Back to you, Kathy. Thanks. And I wanted to mention that the Palton we watched today can be found on the Quality Insights YouTube channel. And for anyone who is watching a recorded version of this webinar later, I will include the link to that Powtoon in the episode description. If you want to contact Patty directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7633. And you can also email her at paustin at qualityinsights.org. And you can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash QIN slash multimedia. And Patty, thank you for joining us today. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us today.